The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, good afternoon, everyone on the East Coast, and good morning, everyone on the West Coast. This is Patricia Raskin with Patricia Raskin Positive Living. Today, we're talking about women who transform themselves and we call them Iron Butterflies. Wonderful title of a new book by by Baruta Regine, Iron Butterflies, Women Transforming Themselves in the World. Baruta Regine is a developmental psychologist. She's a partner at Harvard Associates, a writing and consulting company, which she founded with her husband. She conducts workshops across the country, speaks at businesses and women's conferences and colleges, and offers life and executive coaching and also writes books and articles. She's a co-author with Roger Lewin, her husband, of the critically acclaimed The Soul at Work, Embracing Complete Complexity Science for Business Success. And her newest book, as I said, is Iron Butterflies, Women Transforming Themselves in the World. Welcome, Baruta. Hello, Patricia. It's nice to be here. Yeah, thank you. What's an iron butterfly? I mean, I have a sense of what it is, but... What is it? I think you have more than the sense of what it is. <laughs> right, I'm probably one of them. You're probably one of them, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, I, I thought that phrase captured the paradox these women hold, which is, you know, they're, they have a will of iron, but they're a touch of a butterfly. They're determined and yet nurturing. They're strong yet vulnerable. You know, and like uh, the monarch that flies 2,000 miles to its destination, which is just a stunning bit of natural information. Uh, iron butterflies also persevere in the most difficult situations. You know, it's, um, they, they are able to, um, they, most of them have suffered great injustices, uh, but none of them have become victims. And uh, they, um, and in fact, they're able to transform a lot of their vulnerabilities into new strengths. Interesting. I can really identify with that. Now, the part about injustices, what do you mean when you say injustices? Well, you know, the fact of the matter is one out of three women globally has experienced some form of abuse, physical, sexual, emotional uh, abuse, and that includes the United States. So we're, we're talking about quite a large population who have suffered injustices. And, uh, and so that these women were able to um, not become victims by it, but were able to transcend it because, you know, they were able to forgive, and if they weren't able to forgive, at least they were trying to forgive. Um, because if you, if, they, if you stay in a victim position, then what happens is you actually continue, you're, you participate in the very system that has subordinated you. 
Mm-hmm. Because right now, what's really exciting and really scary about our time is we're going through a major transformation. And we have been a domination-based society for over 5,000 years. And uh, in a domination-based society, you know, the, you know, there's someone who dominates and someone who's dominated. And um, so that's the... Uh, and, and we're in the thrust of, uh, of being able to transform that into something else, which I'm saying our, the, the reach is towards a more collaborative, cooperative mm-hmm. society rather than domination-based. But when you're in a domination-based society and uh, you become a victim, that it's based on victim and dominator. And so if you, if you hold that position, then you are perpetuating the very same. Right, so then you're a dominator. And do you see that as much with women? Although women can be very dominating, and, and maybe they learn that because that's what they've seen from men. But do you think that's still the rule? Do you think that when women reach uh, positions of power that they are dominating? Do you think that the iron butterfly, the women who have learned how to balance it or trying to, do you think they're in the minority? Uh, well, you know, it's, it's, that's, a hard, that's a really good question and a difficult question to answer. I think that, you know, women today have opportunities that they, that certainly generations ago they didn't. I think it's a much more level playing field that women can be both feminine and strong. Um, and, and, uh, but as you climb up the ladder, the, the way women have become successful is become embracing more masculine, uh, aspects of their personality. So, for instance, in the 80s, you know, uh, women flooded the workplace, and they were male-dominated work areas, and so they had to prove themselves men enough for the job. And so they, we even wore the padded shoulders, a certain kind of tie. Mm-hmm. We even had to look at, like, men. One woman told me she went to work at Wall Street that she wore a dress one day, and they sent her home. You can't wear a dress. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that certainly has changed a lot. But along the way, a lot of these women, um, in order to be successful, they had to show themselves to be you know, man enough for the job, as I said, although that's also a double-edged sword because then you, they think you're aggressive if you're too masculine, but if you're too feminine, they don't think you're competent. Uh, but so uh, women did become successful and then began to question their success. Let me just tell you a story of uh, sure. Deborah Rosetta Shaw, who's a woman, Puerto Rican woman, uh, lived in uh, the Bronx from a very poor family, uh, managed to uh, d- build a company, uh, a multi-million-dollar company called Umbrella Plus, and there she was. She achieved all the things of what looked like success—a fancy house, nice car, jewels, clothes, all of that—and she went into a soul crisis. Sure. And that soul crisis was: Is this what it's all about for you, Deborah? Are you an, um, are you the Umbrella Girl? And she actually went into this really big depression for quite a while, uh, and all she could do is listen to motivational tapes. Mm-hmm. And I want to stress to your listeners that, you know, all of us may come to a time where we really question what are we doing, why are we doing it, especially now, I think is a big time of questioning, and is yeah. to honor that pause because it is a very powerful time of reflection and it's an opportunity to really restore a balance that may have been lost in yourself and it's also an opportunity to connect to your authentic self and one of my findings in the book is that vulnerability is a key to personal transformation and so this time is sort of like a cocoon time where it's very mushy it's very uncertain and unclear and um and and so, and very, very vulnerable because you really don't know where to go, and you don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. But if you stay with it, 
the true the truth is that every something although it seems like nothing is happening a lot is happening because uh, oh, wow. you're actually shedding an old skin yeah. and that's what happened for Deborah she, uh, she somehow she managed to hear about an Avon award uh, enterprise award and she filled out the application um, and she won it and it was there that she really, all the aspects of her life kind of came yeah. together. And I just think it's so interesting, like the, an opportunity will emerge that will let, that will help you Show find you that her. you're on the right path. I really can identify with this as a pioneer in the whole concept of positive media. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I started in the early 80s, over 25 years ago, when no one was doing this. No one. I mean, I was before Oprah started this. And I've stayed with it all this, these years, and it has been a real challenge because you have to keep up with the times. The medium changes, you know, and now we're into social media, so the delivery system of this kind of information has changed, and the competition changes, and there are a lot of people out there now talking about positive thinking and positive living. But as I said, this has been my mission and I've stayed with it. And it would have been easier, really, Baruta, to do something else. But if you believe in something, you stay with it, even, you know, even when times get tough. And what I learned is that sometimes I would throw my hands up and say, am I, am I supposed to keep doing this to my higher power or God? Mm-hmm. And then, as, as happened to your friend Deborah, something would happen for me. Either a client would come in or I'd get an award or something would happen. But right. it's, um, it's not an easy road because it's not clearly defined. You're That's on right. a path. And you know what your path is, but it's not like a teaching job or an accounting job or a nursing job. You go in from 9 to 5, and you know what you're going to get in terms of, you know, the environment, and you know at the end of the week you're going to be paid. It's very different. It is very different. That's right. And I think being alert to opportunities and, like you said, like little signs that are out there, they'll say, I mean, I've thrown my hands up in the air as well, sort of saying, you know, am I supposed to be doing this? Because there's a lot of sacrifice in promoting yeah. these ideas, as you know, and 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 trying to bring a a positive voice into the world. You know, uh, it's not exactly always the big news people want to hear about. They rather hear about the bad news. You know, and I think it's really important work what you're doing. Um, and you do come in times of questioning: Is this what it's meant to be? But there is a. It is. I think in your heart you really know whether it is or not, right? I think you do. And I think you actually keep have to keep questioning yourself as well, as you probably do, too. Yeah, you do. Because, yeah. as you said, it changes. And you may have to change the form of what you're doing. Right. So that in those obstacles that come before us <laughs> on our journeys, I mean, really are, are also opportunities to develop new strengths. Mm-hmm. And so, as you say, like, okay, the medium keeps changing. So, yeah, you have, that requires that you learn more again, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Or you, right, or you change the focus of what you're doing. Not, not the focus, but the medium. Sometimes you'll change the form of what you're doing. Yeah. So that happens. Now, what do you think is the key to personal and social transformation that you've discovered? Well, that's what I, it's what I said. I think uh, it's how we think about vulnerability. Now, vulnerability, the way I describe it, is uh, a, a profound openness. But in a domination-based society, uh, vulnerability is only looked at as a weakness, as something bad. Very true. 
And so and it, it, it presents itself as an opportunity to exploit or diminish someone else in order to elevate yourself. Yeah. You know, and, and especially in, in a domination society, men have absolutely no permission to be vulnerable. You know, they have to be invulnerable, which I think our society has really failed to empathize. The problem with that, though, is that you don't get close to your employees to really work with them as a team. So it sets up that hierarchy system, and that's the problem. Right. Well, that's the hierarchy is part of the whole domination. Right. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking more to Baruta Regine. She's the author of the new book, Iron Butterflies, Women Transforming Themselves and the World. She wrote a best-selling book with her husband, Roger Lewin, The Soul at Work, Embracing Complexity Science for Business Success. All right, folks, you're listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on voiceamerica.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready to get freed up? Join Dr. Jennifer Freed, one of America's leading psychological thinkers, for a groundbreaking program with fascinating guests and full participation from you. Freed Up will explore topics like liberation in long-term relationships, parenting in the 21st century, comfort in stressful times, and much more. Tune in to Freed Up every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and wake up to the heartbeat of your life. Wielding power, shaping environments and outcomes, and making things happen are all essential characteristics of great leaders. Yet these qualities alone are not enough to ensure your success. In a complex world, how do you decide what's most important to you? In your career, your relationships, your finances, your family, in the world around you, in the whole of your life at large. Dr. Joseph Riggio, the host of Leadership Intuition, says that personal leadership, the desire to take charge of your life, is the key to creating futures that work and building a life worth living. Join Joseph as he reveals the power of uncovering and living your own personal mythology, the key to personal transformation, exquisite performance, and social influence. Learn to look inside and discover your personal mythology and unique leadership style. Go beyond conventional advice and discover your unique success blueprint on Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Leadership Intuitions, power, achievement, relationships. If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. My guest is Baruta Regine. She earned her master's and doctoral degrees in developmental psychology at Harvard, working with the renowned psychologist Carol Gilligan. Baruta spent 25 years in private practice as a therapist, 
before realizing her childhood ambition of becoming a writer. Her first book, The Soul at Work, Embracing Complexity Science for Business Success, co-authored by her husband, Roger Lewin, garnered great critical acclaim. And Regine is an experienced speaker at national and international conferences, and her brand new book is called The Iron Butterfly. And the subtitle is Women Transforming Themselves in the World, Iron Butterflies. And her website is ironbutterflies.com, ironbutterflies.com. Welcome back. Hi. (laughs) Let's talk about some of the stories. Um, Why don't you give an example of a woman that maybe we might know, a well-known woman, who you would say has kind of the strength of iron but still has maintained the softness and the femininity and not become hardened or jaded or bitter. Right. I mean, this whole jaded bitterness, you know, the thing is that happens and you don't even actually know it's happening to you mm-hmm. until something sort of rocks your world and you mm-hmm. realize, wow, I've been getting hard and I didn't even know it. But um, I guess one of the stories I would talk about is probably Barbara Kingsolver. I think most people know. Do you know who she is? I do. A novelist? Or how famous do we get? Um <laughs> She's a, she's got a great story though that um she's not she's a she wrote the poison book bible she wrote um she she's just written a lot of great books best selling books novels and is an environmentalist but during on uh, September 11th uh she was approached by several magazines and newspapers to write a piece about you know what she thought was going on after September 11th and it was an effort to counter the sound of the war drums that began to drum very loudly across the country and nobody was countering it it's like just go to war and that's it and I guess people a lot of people um, were asked to write something and they said no but Barbara felt she had to really stand up and say this is a time to pause to think about our our way of leadership in the world uh, and, and that you know, and that anyone, and there was a lot of fear mongering at that point with you know Muslims, and there was uh, threatening them. And he said, "This is a country, you know, of diversity." All those things that sounded pretty American to her. Mm-hmm. Well, she got slammed. I mean, Wall Street told them, told the country to uh, you know boycott her books, which. During that week, when they asked her to, she sold more books than when she when the only other time she sold so many books was when Oprah said to her, "Buy Oprah said on her book club, buy this book, which was the uh-huh. Bible." So there was a counter force to it. But you know, Rush Limbaugh jumped in and said, "Buy her a one way ticket to your you know one way ticket out of the country." Uh-huh. Called her unpatriotic because she spoke her mind, you know, and it was it was pretty scary for her. I mean, she was devastated by the response, uh, thinking, you know, what did I say that could cause such a reaction? Because it, they had to take some extreme measures. There was an enormous amount of hate mail coming through. Uh, and uh, and she feared for her two daughters. And they had to, you know, fortunately, they, you know, they, you know, it stopped after a while. But, you know, for a while, it was pretty intense. And she kept going over what she had said, and in the end she said, I had to stand by it. If you stand for peace, it's easy when it's peaceful. But when, you know, this is the, these are the times when we're, um, this is what, what we're made of. And she, t- she stood. That was courageous vulnerability. And she felt she had to do it not only for her children, but for all the children, you know, because she's very... She's you know, really when you say that, it comes to mind. I received an email recently, and I'll have to send it to you, Baruta, 
about what it was like for the early women suffragettes, you know, back in like whatever it was, 19, was it 17 or 1920, 29? Yeah, it was the early 1900s. Right. And it showed pictures of these women, the earliest ones who were fighting for their rights and what happened to them how right. some were beaten and others were put in prison. And it was, it was really quite a story. It showed their picture and everything that happened to them. And each one had a story about uh, how they got in a lot of trouble even with, right. with the law. There was, there was a film, The Iron Jaws. Um, God. There was a film about it. But actually one of the things was at the end of that journey for them, uh, they were uh, given awards for their courage and the person who was handing them out was a young Captain Hepburn. Mm. But uh, yeah, so yeah, they they really stood up, and and but in the end, you know, a lot of these women fought for the right to vote, and they died before seeing it happen. But they, but if not for them, I wonder where we would be. But going back to Barbara's story, yeah, so, um, so she. Um, so she stood by her words, and then this is what I call emotional recycling. This is where she, here she was feeling really vulnerable, uh, but she transformed it into a new strength for herself. You know, she's trying to make sense of this, and she remembered the uh, art of war that they were this, written by a samurai who said, you have to be big enough to embrace your enemy. Your world has to be big enough to embrace your enemy. And she knew that was her answer because she had to think about what, how could she expand her worldview to understand them better. Uh, and what you came down to realize was that all that aggression, and this is one of the truths in this book that comes out, often aggression is all driven by fear, and that she just happened to be a convenient target for people's fear. And if we think about that, when we see aggression, you know, especially when you talk about politics and all of that, that mm-hmm. you no, know, if we see that not as uh, coming from strength, but actually coming from weakness, I think we might respond to it differently. Uh, anyway, so what happened was she decided to save all the hate mail because she felt they were teaching her something. And mm. in the end, uh, because of this experience, she felt she was in the midst of writing a novel, and uh, she felt because of this experience, she could write about this. What she could write what she was writing uh, in a more informed way than she ever what could have. So she they, she saw them as her teachers. Uh, these people who were sending hate mail. And in the end, she wrote the book, and that's been just out recently, called Lacuna, uh, the novel. And that's the story behind that novel. And it's about the McCarthy era and that, and when people get afraid and start doing kind of crazy things. So that's an example of, um, I, you know, there's someone who's strong and yet uh, has not turned hard and has actually able to take take a difficult uh, situation and make it work for her. It's a kind of Tai Chi, psychological Tai Chi, where you mm-hmm. move with the opponent and let them fall rather than you being diminished, which is their intent. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that even in these tough times that there's a silver lining? I mean, would you say to a woman who wants to be entrepreneurial or do something on her own, um, would you suggest it? And where's the silver lining? I would suggest it. I think I think more than ever, people should be connected to what they really, really care about. What is their place in this world? What is their calling? We need you at your best. Uh, the thing that's really different that what what's happening that the silver lining is is that a lot of people are feeling vulnerable, 
And that that vulnerability, actually vulnerability creates conditions for more cooperation and collaboration because you're seeing your interdependence and interconnection to others. Mm. So this is really a time when we can, the, the domination model is kind of crumbling and we're learning, how, it's an opportunity for us to really learn how to collaborate and cooperate with each other because it's actually a pretty complex thing to do. But that's also part of this uh, huge movement that's happening that is, uh, you know, that can change our world, and that is women beginning to collaborate with each other in the way that they have never done before. Mm-hmm. So if you you say it, to go out and do your own thing, I, I say yes, do your own thing, but don't do it alone. Do your own thing, but don't do it alone. Use uh, collaborate with other women. Try to find ways to work together. So looking for you know. Um, some mutual ground, because the more women work together, I mean, that's why I call them iron butterflies, because it's a collective power that we haven't realized yet. When we kind of come together and stand for what we really believe in, um, we, can re- we can really have a positive impact on the world. Mm-hmm. We have a couple minutes. Share another story of someone who really inspired you. I know they all inspired you, but yeah, share another story. <laughs> Uh, well, we're talking about positive living, living and transformation. Another story is by, um, who was a VP, um, Janice Webb was a VP at Motorola, which is a really, what I call a gladiator culture, you know, that's really, you know, you know, burn the, burn the barn down kind of, uh, environment. And she was traveling like 50 to 75,000 miles, uh, a year. And uh, really was just doing the whole macho thing. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Mm. Throw anything at me. I show you I can do it. And then she ended up getting hepatitis. Mm. And and that, and that often happens. That's what often uh, makes women connect to their more authentic self. Their body says, "You know what? You're not going anywhere. We're done with this." Mm-hmm. You know, and and she, she had to learn new things because everything that had worked for her before, which is you no, know, oh, I'll just overcome this. Was she couldn't muscle her way through it. She had to find another way of finding an inner balance within herself, which she mm-hmm. did. She had to. She found a spiritual, emotional, uh, physical balance for herself, and realized that that macho person really wasn't her. And I call those macho women really kind of Amazon women. Women who, like the mythic Amazons, cut off their breasts to be better warriors. These are women who sort of disconnect from their feminine side in order to be successful. Mm. All right, we're going to take a break. How can people learn more about Iron Butterflies? Well, certainly go to my website, www.ironbutterflies.com. Please visit me on uh, Huffington Post. I'm I'm writing blogs there. Uh, And um, buy the book. (laughs) All right. My guest today is Baruta Regine, and she's the author of the brand-new book, Iron Butterflies. And the subtitle of the book is Women Transforming Themselves in, trans, in, in and Out of the World, In the World, and the World. <laughs> Women Transforming Themselves in the World. It's really a beautiful book, and... Um, you can get that by logging on to ironbutterflies.com. You're listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on voiceamerica.com. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. 
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are, or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Are you ready to go green? You've asked and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Hi, everyone. This is Patricia Raskin of Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on VoiceAmerica.com. And my guest today is Baruta Rajin, and her brand-new book is Iron Butterflies, Women Transforming Themselves in the World. And she is the best-selling author of the critically acclaimed book with her husband, Roger Lewin, called The Soul at Work, Embracing Complexity, Science for Business Success. And she is a developmental psychologist and a partner at Harvest Associates, a writing and consulting company, which she founded with her husband. And she uh, travels and does workshops and conferences all over the country. Um, Welcome back, Baruta. Thank you, Let's talk about... um, some of the other points in the book, you, you talk about something called gender schemers. What does that mean? Yeah, gender schemas. Um, so that's a battle that women are often fighting that they don't even know they're fighting. And um, because part of my book is want, wanting pe- women and men to begin to see that women are leaders because that's been uh, a connection that's been lost in the domination-based society where women have been excluded from the power table, and to see that feminine skills are also powerful because we've regarded them as touchy-feely and soft, and actually they're very powerful skills, inclusions, empathy. All of those things are really needed in our world right now. But a gender schema is uh, cultural assumptions we hold uh, that are unconscious, 
And one of those assumptions is that women are first assumed incompetent until proven otherwise, and mm. it's the opposite for men. So, women, so if a woman's successful, it's because she works hard or she's lucky. If she fails, it's because she's incompetent. If a man succeeds, it's because he's competent. If he, she fail, if he fails, it's bad luck. Uh, so now for younger women, I think that they, because of the f- feminist movement, I think when you start out in the situation, you not really assume that. But the higher up you go, I, it, it's still there. And so a lot of women have felt that they have been held to a double standard, that they've had higher expectations to prove themselves. Well, they're right. They have. Mm-hmm. It's sort of the Ginger Rogers Fred Astaire syndrome where she has to do everything um, um, Fred does except in high heels and backwards. And so, um, and so this gender schema is also interesting because it's women also hold the same assumption about other women. So a woman might feel she's competent, but she won't think other women are competent. And so in that way, um, a lot of that might explain in part why women haven't been so great in helping each other up the corporate ladder. That too is changing. But if we and, you know, it, this was done, uh, the Goldberg paradigm was done globally, and they had a piece of paper uh, that was a speech, and they attributed it to a man. And it was the same speech, the same words, and in a different situation, they attributed it to a woman. And when they asked, and they asked people to rate it, every time they thought it was a man, they gave it higher rating, gave it more authority than they did when they thought it was a woman. And they're exact same words. So that's a very graphic example of how you kind of assume, oh, he's a leader, but you know, not necessarily her. Mm-hmm. And so it's really, I think it's important for women to recognize this because sometimes in mixed groups they'll be sitting at a table, and I hear this all the time, you know, uh, you know they'll say something and nobody, there's no response. It's like this glassy-eyed look on everybody, you know, and a woman will start to feel like, well, don't I have something to contribute? Am I not a leader? Wasn't this worth something? I thought it was. And then like 10 minutes later, there's like another version of it that comes out of a guy and everybody thinks it's brilliant. <laughs> and so one woman at, that I talked to um, was a researcher in cancer, and she was coming up against this year in and year out. And one time, well, her solution to that was when it got regurgitated, and uh, she said, she would say to the person, like, wow, um, I'm so happy you love my idea. So she would reclaim it right back. But the other thing is that we as women need to stand together. You know, if a woman says something and you think it's a good idea, don't tell her at the water cooler, like, oh, I thought that was a really great idea. Stand with her right then and there, you know, and, and next time she'll stand with you. So what you're saying is we need to be working together more, and unfortunately sometimes we develop the old model of hiding because we were afraid people will steal our ideas. Right. That's right. And they do. <laughs> but, you know, that's why it's reclaiming it, too. Right. All right, let's close with an, another story of somebody who, who you think is an iron butterfly, maybe of a different um, culture or a different age from what we had talked about before. Well, I'm just writing a piece right now about Peace, because tomorrow is International Peace Day, and uh, Ada Adaroni is a woman from in Israel uh, who started uh, started a gathering with Palestinian and, and other uh, Muslim women, and these women gather once a month, and they are showing that there is a way to peace, but it's not talking about religion. They don't talk about religion. What they do is they talk about their culture. 
because that is a new way of, uh, that is a path where you, when you get to know someone's culture, you're really getting to know kind of a, the humanity of the other people. Mm-hmm. And so they share, um, they share stories of peace in their culture. Uh, they sing and dance together. And this isn't even on the news. You know, and I think that this is really radical stuff that's going on. And women show, these women show that they can actually, they know the path to peace. You know, and it's not through more war. I mean, that's, you know, that's the, that's the big brother. So, war, you know, peace is war. War is peace, right? So that's one story that I think is pretty um, inspiring that there is a way and women are doing it and they're doing it more and more even though they're not getting much recognition for it. And why do you think when you look at all these women you've interviewed, I mean, if you if you looked at every one of them and I said to you, okay, Baruta, what's the main reason that all of them stay with it? Is there one main reason why they don't give up and they don't do something easier? Well, I think they love what they do for one thing. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're, you know, if you love what you do and you really feel this is something you're good at and you and you yeah. feel like you're contributing, yeah. I can to relate them. to everything. What you said now is why I keep doing this. Right. I love it, and I believe in it, and I believe I have a mission and a passion, and I'm called to do this work, and I do it well. I'm the pollinator. I take people such as yourself, and I'm able to translate your information and get it out there, and that's what we need to be doing. And that's so important. That's right. And it's very important to have, to have that voice out there. Yeah. I think what makes it harder is when you, you've been a pioneer or you're an entrepreneur and, you know, there is no, um, you you're have to figure own. it out. Yeah. No, that's right. Well, you are. You're a trailblazer. I mean, Pat Mitchell did the same thing, too, former CEO of PBS. She was at WGBH in Boston, and she wanted to do, and this was in the 80s, and she wanted to do an all-women's day. And they said, are you kidding? Nobody's going to show up for that. Mm-hmm. You know, and she, no, they weren't even doing women's stories then. They weren't talking about divorce or, you know, anything, a family, their rights. Well, they said, well, we're gonna, we're gonna, women are going to run the whole show. It's going to be at the Heinz Auditorium. Uh, and so the, the, the TV station said, sure, go ahead, do it, because they didn't really, they didn't, it, was no, it was no sweat off their back, and they really didn't think anything was going to happen. And it was a frigid day in January, sure. and it was below, you know, like 10 below zero or whatever, and 70,000 women showed up. Mm. And that was the first uh, uh, opening where, uh, at least in this local area where women were actually recognized as an audience. Mm. So I think you're speaking to that same, I mean, I think you were in that same groundbreaking period. Yeah. Well, and, you know, now it's more common, but um, I think what's happening now is um, more people are spreading the word of positive living, but we need to get the word out in a very focused way because there's a lot of negativity and there are a lot of people who are very fearful today in today's world. They are. That's, I know. And it's, all, it's also being manipulated, yeah. Yeah. which right. isn't so great either. And they don't know where they're being manipulated, you know. Well, and, and you and know, there's again, a lot of lying say, out there that I, I'm really surprised at. I mean, it's just... It, don't you think there's more lying out there in, in the media? I mean, just telling untruths? I, you know, I don't know. I think, certainly think that there's sensationalism. Well, there certainly is. Well, there's always been that, hasn't there? 
Yeah. Right, Baruche. Um, Now, the other thing that I find uh, interesting based on what you just said is you said the word inspiring is tossed around way too frequently. But in its depiction of the hardships many of these women endured, you know, we, the book inspires, but uh, it's really about emotional resilience and flexibility. And in all the people I've interviewed, you know, the thousands of people, the one word I think that stays with me about who makes it and who doesn't is the word resiliency. Absolutely. I think resilience is really, I mean, perseverance I mean, that's a, that those resilience, perseverance, persistence, those are the attributes of an iron butterfly. You know, mm-hmm. I think you can get there, you just can't give up. And I think yeah. a lot of people and you may up. stop for a minute and you may regroup. And, yeah, you that's know, right. You may, you may get discouraged. Fact, you should. You should stop and regroup every so often, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah That's right. But, you know, the women in the story are very, they were very forthright. They told some really personal truths, some really what I call brutal honesty. I mean, we hear about successful women once they're there, but these women uh, told us about their struggles to get there. And I think the thing that was, and that's inspirational, because you say, oh, so they went through all of that. Did they? Um, it didn't just happen for them. And I think the women were, willing to share the more intimate details of their story because they really care about other women and they want to help women um, along the way. I think it's out of a generosity of their heart. But also, you know, uh, Adrian Rich, the poet, said that the more a woman tells her truth, the more room she creates for other truths to come. And I think that that's part of what this book is inviting, is that these women tell their truths, inviting others to share theirs. And, and then we can really begin to see what our reality really is rather than, you know, you know pretending that it's something that it's not, you know, that kind of everything's all yeah. peachy rosy, do you know what I mean? It's all kind of glossed over. Thank you so much for coming on the program. Tell people how they can find your book, Baruta. Well, you can get it. I would suggest that you um, go to your local bookstore because I really want to support the local bookstores and ask them to order it. If not, if you can't do that, then uh, it's on Amazon, and you can also link to it from my website. And I also become a Facebook fan of mine. I'd love to have you participate in the conversation. All right. My guest today has been Baruta Regine. Her brand-new book is Iron Butterflies, Women Transforming Themselves and the World. And you can log on to ironbutterflies.com. Thanks so much, Baruta, for being on the program. Well, thank you for inviting me, Patricia. Yeah, thank you. All right, folks, um, stay on the line, Baruta. All right, remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need. I know you can make your dreams come true. I'll be with you next week for an all-new show. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin, Positive Living. Bye for now. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 